Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Western Podcast. We are in season four, four. <laughs> going for broke. Abby, tell them what we're talking about. Well, this season is all about what it means to be a mindful consumer and why quality items, quality items are worth spending our hard-earned money. I love that. So who are we talking to today? Because this is somebody we're both pretty stoked about. <laughs> today is, is like a goal for me, just a life bucket list, um, is to own a pair of custom boots made by none other than Chase Houston. Houston of Houston Boot Co. Yes. Um, he's based out of Nevada, and his work is amazing. So I'm just gonna let him. I'm gonna let him speak for himself. So Jake, how are you? Well, good morning. I am alive. <laughs> uh, little worse for wear after the past couple weeks, but I'm doing okay. So yeah, you've been on that rodeo road, huh? Kind of. I mean, I just the only trade show I do for the past couple years is Reno Rodeo because about uh half hour drive from my house so i don't have to get a hotel room or anything i just kind of go home when it's done with but it's a it's a long show it's like between load in and load out and the whole event it's two whole weeks so yeah basically a vegas yeah it's it's same length as nfr really so it used to be a lot i don't know the since COVID and everything, it's kind of hard to tell, you know, but um, it used to be huge. It used to be second in, like, numbers to NFR as well as far as, you know, people showing up and all that. So this year it wasn't so busy. It's still busy, mind you, but um, it's it's pretty rough. I You know, and what I do is, like, for the past two times I've done it, I've hauled half of my shop down there with me. So I... Yeah, I have a my friend Dave helped help me build my booth space. So it's you know rectangular steel to build the frame, and then there's like aluminum corrugated roofing panels for walls and shelves and all that stuff, and gas pipe for you know like racks to hang leather. It's kind of a lighting. It's a big ordeal hauling that, and then on top of that, I haul sewing machines and tools and like a rolling toolbox. And, all sorts of other crap to Is do that all? Job. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's it, you know the hours for vendors down there because they got two different vendor spaces. They have an outside exhibit hall, which is open mostly like before the performance through after the performance, and then they have an indoor exhibit hall, which is where I was at, and. That's open from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Wow. So I'd get there at probably 7 o'clock just to get a little work done before people started showing up. Uh, and I'd be there, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours. So well, two I weeks. feel like you've just <laughs> painted quite the picture for the, for the life of a bootmaker. <laughs> it's really glamorous, you guys. So, really glamorous. Yeah. Can you tell us more about who you are and like what you do <laughs> sure because yeah. because now well, i'm my mind is running <laughs> okay so let's we'll roll it back a few years um my name's jake <laughs> uh yeah so i you know i started uh i'm an alcoholic no i'm kidding uh, 
wrong wrong type of wrong, wrong type podcast. Of <laughs> no, uh, I started I started making boots in uh, whatever like four and a half years ago, whatever year that was. So um, I was originally, you know, I was like bartending and stuff after college, and I had a I played country music pretty seriously for a while. So I had a band and I was making records and I, you know, I had a buddy who, uh, tooled leather stuff. So I was like, Hey man, can you make me a guitar strap? He's like, how about this? I'll teach you how to make your own. Like, All right. <laughs> and this, this must've been, I don't know, 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. So I started, you know, he taught me how to, tool leather and I was like man this is crazy I didn't know this ever existed really of course I'd seen it before but I didn't know what it entailed as far as the work goes so I started picking that up as a hobby and then after progressing in that I you know I had a friend open a vintage store um, in Reno where I was living and I went in there part-time during the day when I wasn't bartending or playing shows, and I would make belts and, like, dog collars, purses, all that type of stuff. Um, so I did that for a while, and then I was like, you know what, man? I'm I'm getting bored of just doing belts all the time, you know? So I thought, well, I can either, like, find a saddle maker, and I'll learn how to make saddles because that's pretty cool. Or I can make cowboy boots. So, um, being a performer, I always liked wearing some pretty flashy boots. I'd wear a lot of snake skin or exotics. And I found a pair of Stingray Lucases that I wanted. And I couldn't buy them in the store. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're crazy looking. I was like, that's tight. I need those. So, I was looking at it. I was like, I'll just order some online. They're like 1200 bucks. I was like, ooh, man, I ain't ordering those anytime soon. So, <laughs> but, I was like, but look at this. I found some Stingray leather on eBay, and each Stingray is only $50. <laughs> so whatever. I'll just try to make some. So I, I buy all this Stingray leather. I went to Tandy and, like, bought some other, like, I don't know, like a red pig skin, some white, like thin lamb skin stuff. It's all, it would it would have never worked. I <laughs> but I started I started like trying to cut out boot tops, and I you know I took a sewing machine I had. I was watching all these YouTube videos from boot makers on how to do like top stitching and all that. So I had a little sewing machine, and I kind of took it apart and built it to what I thought would work for you know, top stitching, because they use, sewing machines we use to sew tops have a roller wheel presser foot. So, mm. like on a normal sewing machine, the foot walks, and it's got those two little arms that jut out, and the needle goes between them, and it just kind of walks the material. On these top stitching machines, it's just like a wheel that sits on top of the leather, and it rolls. So, the bottom, they're called the feed dogs, the walking pieces in the, the bed of the machine. Those walk the material through, but you can make turns and all these decorative things with the wheel because it just sits there and you can kind of steer it and control it. So finagled this this machine to work. I started trying to build boot tops. And then um, in the midst of all this, I went and got a job at a shoe repair. So I was like, well, let's see. I'll, there's a shoe repair right here. It was like 
I took a day off and I was like, well, I'm going to go find an apprenticeship somewhere. I mean, you know, this is the first spot on the way to go try and find a saddle maker. So the first place I stopped in was a shoe repair. And um, I told him, I was like, hey, you know, I'm kind of thinking I want to learn how to make boots. I know you guys don't do that, but if I could learn how to repair them, like take them apart and all that, maybe I'd get a better idea of what I'm doing. Which, um, if you want to make boots, that's not how to learn. But uh, <laughs> they, they, they gave me a job on the spot. They're like, yeah, come on in. I was like, all right, cool. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be a boot maker now. Um, so I, I worked there for a while, and I was still trying to learn stuff off of YouTube. And I found a DVD set made by uh, the one and only Lisa Sorrell out of Guthrie, Oklahoma. And if you're not familiar with her, uh, look into her stuff because she is just very prolific phenomenal bootmaker, master artist, you know. So she has this DVD set on her website. I was like, all right. And I, I was familiar with her because she was doing YouTube videos, like little short four-minute videos on tips and tricks on certain stuff involved with making cowboy boots. So I was like, all right, let's go buy this DVD set. It's like $1,000. I was like, oh, man. What? Gonna, yeah. Yeah, but it came with pattern books and everything because that was part of the problem. I was okay, like, okay. okay. Now, it's like, I can't pattern anything. I don't, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing. And after trial and error on the Stingray stuff, it was like, oh, well, I need to learn that instruction. Not to mention, Stingray is probably the hardest leather to work with. It's like, I don't know why I picked that as my first pair to try and do. But it was, um, Stingray's got all these little, it's like a, like these little hard, calcium balls on top of the leather so like the skin side of it the grain side that would be facing out it's just covered in these little tiny hard beads and like it's almost impossible so it's terrible it sounds like like a recipe for many broken needles (laughs) oh yeah like breaking titanium needles too Uh, when you sew stingray you have to use titanium needles and you'll break those so But um, I found this DVD set, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to wait. But um, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, Gwen, she surprised me and bought the DVD set for me. Oh. And she just, like, gave it to me one day. And, yeah, it's still, like, I get a little misty thinking about it, you know. But wow. it's um, Yeah, it was amazing. So I, I dove right in. And that's, that's really where it started, even though I've messed around with it a little bit. But, um so I worked at the shoe repair for a few years. I was building boots. Like, I'd wake up, you know, before, before dawn so I could work. Uh, at the time, the house we lived in, we had a basement that I turned into my boot shop. So I was I was working in there before I went to work. And then I'd work, like, on the couch, hand-sewing stuff um, or whatever when I got home from work. So I, I did that for a, quite a while. And then in June of 2019, I left the shoe repair and opened my own business. So that's kind of where I am now. It's been a couple years, but, um, you know, I've been doing it full time since then. So That sounds like somewhere between a completely fake story <laughs> and an absolutely foolproof plan. <laughs> 
the post. Yeah. I'm not I mean, sure I, where. I think really what it is was, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really think about consequences of my actions very often. I, I've gotten better as I've gotten older. But but when I was when I was starting, I mean, I was what I was like. 23 years old so i was just like whatever man it'll work and it was like just used to playing shows and making music and all that stuff i didn't really i wasn't very responsible so it wasn't like oh well, what if this backfires it was like yeah you know whatever we'll just go for it so kind of worked out i think i got really lucky to be able to like stay doing it and be where i'm at now um and i continue getting lucky which I think it's luck. I don't know. Maybe it's fate to be both or neither. But um, <laughs> yeah, and there you have it, folks. <laughs> yeah, wow. You know, whatever. It's up for interpretation. But really, all it was was me just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, being like, "Yeah, it'll work out in the end, no matter what." So, and it, you know, went in my favor. So, how did it really? turn into a business when did this turn into your full time can you think to a moment when you said oh wow this is what I do now um sometimes that still happens <laughs> you know, um it's happened a few times but I think the first time was maybe I finished my first pair of boots which I made for myself they weren't custom fit yet I made two pair of just standard sizes before I started custom fitting them. So I made a pair for myself and they were made out of water buffalo. The stingray didn't work out. I, I'm just going to button that up right now. Uh, that never happened. Um, I, and people are, you know, I've talked to people before and they're like, well, why don't you make them now? I'm like, yeah, maybe. But stingray is terrible. Like I said, I don't like you. We hate them. It looks, it, it looks personal. Cool, for sure. You hate stingrays too? <laughs> Ever since Steve you, Irwin, man. Steve Irwin, man. <laughs> All right. We stand in solidarity here. So, I, uh, yeah, but I, I, I never made the stingray ones. And people, people say, well, you should do that. I'm like, yeah, maybe I, I probably that will be the last pair of boots I make unless I like fall off a cliff or something, you know, but if I'm like planning on retiring, I'll probably just finish it with those and we go full circle and I can be at peace with it. I will be buried in those. Yeah. We'll make sure you're buried in them. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I'm kind of neurotic about um, plans, you know, I plan stuff and if it doesn't go according to plan, I get all flustered. So maybe I'll just do that and then I'm not some old crippled man sitting on a porch somewhere saying, damn it, I should have made those. <laughs> Get back into it, come out of retirement, you know, have arthritis. They'd be hideous, I'm sure. But um, You have a very successful career, but yet in your old age, the only thing you can talk about is the one pair of boots. The one pair that I never made that started at all. Yeah. So, somewhat poetic. <laughs> I see yeah, that's you know, that's what I'm going for. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, um, first pair of boots I'd made, they were just a, I, you know, I did, I bought a pair of lasts, which is the shoe form. It's like a plastic form that looks like a boot that that's what you build the boots around. It's a last. I'll refer to those probably often. Um, but you know, they come in a round toe, usually standard heel height. I, now I build them up to fit measurements per customer. I 
fit their footprint shape. I changed the toe, all that. But this first pair, I just bought a pair of lasts, standard size, kept the toe, didn't do anything fancy, and I made a pair of boots for myself. And they were made out of water buffalo, which also turns out is pretty tricky to work with. It's unique. It, it doesn't behave like normal leather does. So had that going against me, and I didn't know that till later. But um, I made these boots. And I took a picture of them at the shoe repair shop I worked at because they let me finish them there. And I was like, oh, man, cool. I'm a boot maker now. So, <laughs> and they, they probably took me six months to make. You know, just going through, watching through a DVD set and going with it and pausing and rewinding and, like, buying tools or ordering leather. They took me quite a while, but I was I was wearing them around for a long time. Um, started building other boots. Like, I made a pair for my brother, and then I started doing the custom fit stuff for, like, friends. And all I did was make people pay materials. So I didn't, I didn't charge like an actual price for boots until I opened two years ago. But wow. um yeah, so it was, it was just materials, which is a screaming deal uh for custom boots. Um but you know it was practice. I wasn't very good for a long time. So uh my first moment of being a boot maker, I uh Gwen and I were in Pendleton, Oregon for the roundup. Um which happens to fall near or on my birthday every year so that's what we did we like like oh it's my birthday we'll take like 10 days off we'll go drive up the coast and you know go to portland we've never been before and we're like yeah you know might as well see what that's about and then we'll shoot over to the rodeo so when we get there have you guys been to pendleton before No, but we really want to go, and it also always falls on Abby's birthday Mm -hmm. weekend. So when is your birthday? The 20th. I'm on the the first weekend of it, the 13th. Okay, yeah, week apart. Cool. Yeah, it's like right around there. Yeah, because I think my birthday this year is on a Monday, and it's the first Monday afterwards. But you should go. It's a cool little town. It's tiny. Um, They have like a a world-renowned saddle shop there, a lot of cool old stuff, you know, uh, small town, huge rodeo, a lot of fun. But um, we're in Pendleton. We, like, go to the, the fairgrounds and do all that. We're hanging out downtown because they block the whole street off, and they have vendors and music and all this stuff. So we're just walking around, and I see this shop. It's got a sign. It says Stapleman Custom Boots on it. I was like, uh-huh. So we walked, we walked in, and it was this... I don't know, this uh this dude standing there with a mustache, cowboy hat on, like working on something and I think he had a couple people in there like bullshitting with him and um it's like, Hey, what can I do for you? I was like, Oh, you know, I, I just I've never been in a custom boot shop before he's like, Yeah, I'm here, you know, here it is and I was like, Yeah, I you know, I make cowboy boots And he kinda of perks up and he goes, Huh, you do, huh? I was like, Yeah and he's like, You make those? And they're the ones I was wearing, the first pair I did. I was like, yeah, I, I, I made those. He's like, oh, okay, let me see them. So he's looking at them. He's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's the first pair I've done. He's like, hey, they're not, you know. It's like, good on you. You know, how do you learn? Who do you learn from? And I start telling him the DVD story and all this. And he, he was like, well, he's like, how long are you guys in town? Like, well, I'm here the next couple of days. And I, I wake up super early in the mornings anyways. He's like, well, I, I get down here about 7 a.m. if you got nothing to do. I was like, all right. So the next few days, I started hanging out in there, getting to know, getting to know him a little bit. Um, 
His name's Richard Stapleman. And um, after, when we were about to leave, you know, we kind of became friends and all that while I was there pretty quickly. I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, do you ever do classes? Because I'm just sitting around there, like, watching him work. And like, what's that? Oh, what's that? <laughs> what's all this stuff? And he was super helpful, even off the bat. And um, I asked him if he ever taught classes, and he said no. He's like, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't teach anymore. I used to, but um, for him, it was like the people who took the class just wanted to make one pair of boots, where he was more interested in teaching somebody who wanted to learn the trade and do it for a living. So, told me he didn't teach classes anymore, but if I would like to, I could you know, come up for a week and he would build a pair of boots with me and show me how, you know, how to build a pair of boots. Okay, cool. So, I, you know, I got his phone number. We go back home. I start building other stuff and I'd call him maybe once a month or when I had questions, I, you know, I started really wanting to be a bootmaker. So the first time I was like, oh, I'm a bootmaker is when he told me like I did a good job. You know, I was like, oh, woo. Like, all right, maybe I could do this. You know, there's another guy doing this. I started, I don't know, seeing other bootmakers on Instagram and stuff because it's a, it's a small community, but it's pretty tight. Like, most of us get along and um, happy to share information with each other, that type of stuff. So, started falling into that. Um, started making boots. I, I went up to Pendleton in maybe April of 2019. It was like right before I quit my job. And I, I'd done quite a few pair up to that point. And I, I made a pair with him and he's like, all right, you're a boot maker now. Go, you know, go on your way. But, um, go forth and prosper. Exactly. But, you know, I taught I, you everything I could. Yeah. No, no, I still get to go up and see him. You know, I try to get up there once a year. So. Uh, like I'm going to be going this September. I went last June and every time I go, I try to learn a new style of boot or something a little more intricate that not a lot of people know how to do because he's, he is just a wealth of information. You know, he's been doing it 25 years or so. So, um, a great friend. So I, you know, it's like I have these little moments sometimes where it's like, okay, now I'm a bootmaker. Like every every time I've raised my prices and then sold something, I'm like, okay, I'm a bootmaker now. You know, this is cool. Or like um, I get a pair of boots done that have almost nothing wrong with them and fit somebody. That's where I'm like, okay, I'm a bootmaker now. But it, it happens frequently. So. That's amazing. I think that was the original question. Sorry, I kind of <laughs> <laughs> we love it. <laughs> no, it's but, great. So yeah. I think you are the first person that we've talked to that strictly does custom. Abby, if you can mm -hmm. think of anybody. I mean, I we interviewed the whole first season was makers, and everybody's like, screw custom work. We yeah. hate <laughs> it. And then we have you that only does custom work. So how did yeah. that um, – like, what is your take on that? Why custom? Well – um, there's a couple different reasons, I guess. Um, the main one is, especially with building a pair of boots, um, every pattern I make is specifically tailored to a certain person. So, and a certain foot of each person. So nobody's feet are identical. You know, they're all different measurements, whatnot. 
And getting a boot to sit properly on the last, you have to have that measurement exactly correct. It's called a short heel measurement. That's the measurement that you holds your foot in. It's from the back of your heel around to where your foot bends in the front at the ankle. So that's the short heel measurement. So everything's kind of based off of that, like the top patterns are rooted in that and also the bottoms, you know, sizing everything, whatever. So at this point, that's all I've done. I don't even know if I could make a pair of shelf boots, to be honest, like a standard mm -hmm. size, just because I, I, there's so much variability in that measurement between people. And there's not like, you can't just Google like, what's the standard short heel measurement on a size 11 men's cowboy boot, you know, mm, it's, right. that information's not there. I'm sure I could find it, but, um, or if like I had a whole set of lasts, so all sizes from like a four A or whatever, up to like a 13 double E, like if I had every size of that, I could probably do it because I could see the lasts, but I don't, I order them per customer. So, um, that's that's why I do custom and and really it's the amount of time it takes to make a pair of boots it it's like I couldn't charge what I need to to sell a shelf boot with mm -hmm. the amount of time I put into it so I don't know that's that's kind of why and I you know I mean a pair of boots my my base pair of boots takes me 35 hours to build whoa, working whoa. Yeah. so it's like like a week, week and a half with like drying times and all that type of stuff because they have to, you know, you soak the boots in leather and put them on the mold and all that, and they they have to dry for like 24 hours or more. Some boot makers will leave them on for like a week before they touch them again, just because that's how they learned. There's, you know, I don't know the intricacies of it, but well, yeah, with drying times, it's like a week, week and a half on just a pretty standard pair of boots. So wow. I, you know, I. Yeah, if I did shelf boots, I you know it's like I'd have to do one style and I'd kind of have to crank them out. So I had a bunch of different sizes. I mean, if I if I stocked like inventory in my shop of one style of boot, it'd probably take me four months maybe to build without cutting corners. Like I'd have to, as far as quality goes, to wow. do that. So yeah, part of it part of it's like the time it takes, and the other part is cutting corners. It's like I I build my boots out of the best quality leather I can source by myself with my hands. So I really don't want to shortchange that because that's kind of the whole reason I do it. Incredible. <laughs> that is so cool. So you're not only doing, because I think a lot of times we'll look at a really cool pair of custom boots and just see the design on them. We're looking at the shaft to see the inlays or the stitching, but you're going all the way down to a very customized fit as well. Yeah. Fit is fit. You know, I know the design, I, you know, of course I just build what people want, you know? So luckily I've had a lot of people order stuff. That's pretty cool. Like I know brands boots always blow people away, but that's like her idea. You know what I mean? So it, it's I I do the artwork, but she gives me something a platform to build off of or whatever. You know. So really, what I sell is the fit. Like I think 
probably 60% of people I make boots for have problems getting any boots to fit off of the shelf. Mm. So they either have orthopedic issues, different sizing on their feet, that type of stuff, high, high arches, high end steps. Um, so that's, that's really the most important thing that I do is, is the fit. So. And that's the way that we were introduced to you mm-hmm. was through Brienne, good old saddle tramp, <laughs> um, oh, out yeah. of her wedding. And of course those wedding boots were incredible. Um, but we also recently, our friend Tracy, she had mm-hmm. a pair of boots from you, and I saw them, and I was like, those have to, those have to be it. <laughs> <laughs> and she was talking about just that, that she's never found a pair of boots, that she's got ankle stuff going on and high arch mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff, and she's like, these are the first pair of boots that are even said the first pair of shoes. shoes. Yeah, shoes. Yeah. Cool. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's why I do it, you know. It's um, like I had a lady who had like fallen arches and one foot the whole size bigger than the other one, and she's never been able to wear cowboy boots. She just happened to be in our town because Virginia City, where I live and where my shop's at, it's a town of about a 1,000 people, um, and it was built in 1862, I believe, is when most of our buildings are from. So it was an old mining town. Um, and like during the gold rush, there was, it was the second largest city on the West coast next to San Francisco. So kind of like a thousand people we're up on a mountain. It's pretty cool. We have like a hundred mile view down this Valley and it's mountains everywhere. It's, it's really neat, but we have, we have, I think the last figure they pulled was we get like a million and a half tourists here every year just for historical Whoa. stuff. Yeah, this lady come in, and she just happened to stumble upon us. I, I work with a custom hat maker in his shop, and she came in, her, her husband got a hat, and then she bought a pair of boots, and she was, like, from Wisconsin, you know. So I, I see a lot of people up here, and most of the time it's people who have fit issues. And, and that's, you know, that's the coolest part for me because, you know, I've always worn cowboy boots, so I've, I've always loved them. So it wasn't just kind of a random, like, oh, hey, yeah, maybe cowboy boots is where I go because it's just down <laughs> cool. It's like, I've always worn them, you know. Like, my first tattoo I ever got, I got, like, the toe bug stitching off of a pair of Justins I had done on the top of my foot in my friend's kitchen, you know. <laughs> so it's like, like, now I always got my boots on, you know. I was, I was really into it anyway. So. <clears throat> Abby, write yeah, that, that down. Was, <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh. I don't know. So, so I've always loved boots anyways. And for me, it's like Western stuff in general, like Western fashion, anything like that. That's, that's pure Americana. Mm-hmm. Like it's timeless. It's, it's like pure, like when you think about America, especially in like other countries, like my friend I work with, he's French. It's like, well, what did you think about America before you came here? He's like, oh, it's all cowboys. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, and like our, our, I don't know. I'm not world traveled, but I feel like most people think of America. They think of Texas. They think cowboy hats, boots, and guns. You know, so it's it's one of those things where it's um, what I make is purely specific to our country's history. You know, mm. like all these all these boots, the way they started, the, the original patterns are usually English, like cowboy boot as we know it now. The technical term for it is a dress wellington. 
So it was okay. an English style boot that they made. It's four pieces. There's two top pieces, and then a vamp which covers the foot, and a heel counter which covers your heel. That was a dress Wellington. So when people started going out west and they're working horses and you know on cattle drives and all that, they needed a boot that could hold up. And these boot makers who came from other countries to be here took those English styles and made them for uh, they made them functional for what people were doing for work. So that's kind of how cowboy boots were born anyways. So it's kind of a cool, like, American melting pot factor. And, you know, I've I've grown up in Nevada my whole life, so I'm very West Coast, love it. Like, well, Western history and all that type of stuff. So it's very sentimental to me, even. Um, yeah. So I, I guess that's where I was going with that. I don't know if I made my point or not, but <laughs> <laughs> off sure the rails again. No, that's something that's really special, though, because that comes through in your work. You can tell when somebody is passionate about what they do, mm-hmm. and uh, it's something that they're proud of, and it's something that they would wear themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wear my boots every day, you know. So <laughs> it's. And I, I do love it. And it's funny. I never, I never saw myself being a bootmaker really until like I got into it. And the further I progressed, I was like, huh, wow, I could make a living doing this. It was kind of crazy, you know? Um, <laughs> I never saw myself doing that. I always thought I'd be a, you know, a country star or whatever. You know, you know, that was kind of my, my idea of what I want to do or a songwriter or all that. And now I've just, I've gotten to the point now where it's like, I will, I have more potential to be a bootmaker than I ever did playing music, which is kind of a funny feeling because <laughs> I, I took it so seriously for so long, but now it's like, okay, and I, I want to be one of the best at it. So I'm like, and I, I think I could maybe hopefully one day um, be really good at it, but I, I love it. I love it more than anything I've ever done. So very fortunate. Oh, incredible. Well, Jake, wow. can you tell the people, tell the people, tell the people <laughs> we the where people. we can find you online? Yes. So, um, thanks to my hustle to get ready for the Reno Rodeo, I now have a website. Um, Ooh. Which, yeah. Yeah. I built that, you know, too quickly. Um, but <laughs> it's... <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> It would be HoustonBootCompany.com. Bingo. Um, I'm all, you know, it's got all my information on there, but I'm also mostly on Instagram at HoustonBootCo. And then um, if you were, if you happen to be in the neighborhood, I'm in Virginia City at a shop called the Pioneer Emporium, and our address is 144 South C Street. And, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'll be. So. Beautiful. Well, I more than encourage everyone to go check out your work, especially if they want to have some serious boot envy yeah. or um, some mm-hmm. some inspiration to start saving up all those pennies because they're incredible. Yes, and that's what this well, season's all about: is talking to the people bringing the best of the West. Best you know, West. North, South, East, and West, but in this case, the West. And uh, like- season four. Going for broke, <laughs> and we <laughs> we're so excited to talk to you today, Jake. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. 
thanks to everybody that's out there listening. And we will see you next week for another episode of the Breaking Breaking Western Western Podcast. Podcast.